0: Welcome back to Your Living Life Legacy Matters. And when we say your living life legacy matters, we're referring to this particular broadcasting network, but we also want to share with you that we sincerely believe each and everyone's life legacy, their living life legacy, sincerely matters. And so welcome to the uh, second and final session of an interview with our chair, of the Faith-Based Calls Initiative, my name is Carvel Jones, and I'm the executive uh, to the actual chair, uh, who I have the uh, honor and privilege to actually uh, sit with, and, and share with you uh, the conclusion of a story of a great man who is still living that we want to certainly uh, honor, and and you can see him on our leadership page of my FBCI. But this is an individual that has lived quite an amazing life, so. Uh, uh, now I would like to uh, reintroduce and uh, have uh, our chair, Dr. Pastor William Reveley, share with you the outcome of Prince Osiel's
1: imprisonment. Well, uh, Prince Osiel uh, got released, and uh, the first uh, church that he uh, attended after getting released in, in D.C., of course, was uh, my church came and and uh spoke at my church and was frequently seen there uh the uh, mount gilead baptist church in washington dc and that was the beginning of my relationship with with prince osiel that now has spun over 40 years and uh my first trip to Israel took place after I had met with Prince in D.C. When he got out of prison, <clears throat> I would not go to Israel because I didn't like my understanding of what the problem was, was kind of messed up. As all of us have hmm. wrong ideas about what's really going on and who's responsible for what. So, uh, I said, as long as the uh, Palestinians are treated like they're treated, I'm not going to go over there. Mm. Well, I finally got an opportunity to go over there with, uh, not to go to Israel, but to meet with uh, Chairman Arafat. Chairman Arafat was then... uh, confined to Syria he was in his his headquarters was in Syria and uh, we flew over there and uh, I went with <clears throat> several uh, important people one was a uh, uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Progressive National Baptist Convention uh, Another uh, was just local ministers in uh, D.C. One uh, who has been a, became a famous uh, city council person, Douglas Moore, yeah. Doug Moore. Doug Moore spoke f- six languages fluent. What are six languages? Six languages fluent. And uh, they tried to stop us from, us from Making this journey, Mm -hmm. I'm in DC and Doug is in DC. But at that time, Pan Am was flying, so we were scheduled to go uh, and land in, uh, uh, we were supposed to land at Charles de Gaulle airport. And, uh, (laughs) and They made us miss the flight, but Pan Am flew every hour. So we we ran over to Pan Am and got another flight, got on that flight, flew to to New York, made our flight schedule. And uh, they put us on the plane into uh, the wrong airport. So there's two major airports that we... Charles de Gaulle was one. And uh they flew us into Airly. Airly. And uh when we got there, we had I showed our tickets for our next connection. They said, You're at the wrong airport. Oh my God. So I don't speak anything. I could just <laughs> just barely <laughs> speak English you know <laughs> but here was Doug and Doug spoke so f- fluently and, and uh, he talked French and he got them to uh, hooked us up with a ride taxi to take us over to Charles de Gaulle where we get there and catch our flight and uh, we finally uh, got it done and we made flight it was just it was an experience but anyway we made it we got and uh, when we landed uh, the last leg of our flight we're going now to hopefully uh, meet with uh, with uh, uh, Arafat I was excited as soon as we landed and got into the airport Boom, they blew up the, the airstrip. Wow. So the airstrip where we landed was blown up. I said, Oh man, they serious over here. This ain't no joke. You got there just in time, didn't you? Oh God. So then they took us to meet uh Arafat. It was secreted at nighttime and you had to go through this building through this and they maze, you know. And we finally got to meet Arafat. I Say that was. He was a guy that I really thank God that I met him. Nothing like this vicious man that folk talk about. He was so nice, and uh, we uh, we we had a good visit. And I'm thinking. I I, I have an idea how the Palestinians are, and I thought they would. And I met Fatima. Was I was told about her. She was a young lady who was a Palestinian lady who was blown. She, she was a uh, she bombed the place up by putting the, making herself a bomb. Oh. She was a suicide bomber. She went into this place and killed a lot of bad people. That were bad to them. So she was a hero, and I learned that name, Fatima. So beautiful. She was very pretty, pretty girl. You would have loved that guy. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I love every yeah. people. You would have loved love that. You would have loved that. If you had, a, I didn't ever meet her, but I, I really wished I had. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I then uh, get, a, they keep asking. Uh, Prince keep asking me to come. Let's go over to come to Israel. Didn't put no bag, didn't put no pressure. I said, I can't go, I can't go, Prince. I I just can't go. So finally, he called me one day. He said, Rev, we got a trip coming, and I'd like for you to come if you would. People from Chicago, from all around. Flying over, so I said, uh, Okay, I, I'm good, I'll go. I, I flew over there. And that's when I went to Demona, Israel. My life has n- never been the same. It was like the Caleb Brown moment all over again. I oh, okay. went into Demona, and the first thing I saw, and I tell the people, I saw a little baby, a little kid. Two years old, maybe, just walking. And the little kids had a diaper on. It was, it was, he had messed his diaper. He soiled it. And so I'm looking at him. I said, Where is his mother? They said, She's around somewhere. So one lady came out of the house. She grabbed his little baby, took him in her house, washed him up, and changed his diaper and brought him back out and put him back on the street. Interesting. I said, was that her mother? I said, no, that's not her mother. Say, over here, so you've heard that it takes a village to raise a child. I said, oh my God. And from that moment on, I paid attention to what was going on in Damona, And everything there molded me and it made me feel a kind of love for Damona, and what was happening there, and Prince Asiel and what he talked about, it made me pay greater attention. And I learned, I began to say, this brother, I need to spend as much time as I can, to learn as much as I can, and much. that's what I did.
0: No, thanks for sharing that with us, uh, Dr. Revley. We could probably uh, make another episode out of this particular uh, story. <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to cut you off because I, I know that our time is limited because yeah. of our particular affiliates and our sponsor. But I remember that you're the chair of the Faith Based Cause Initiative, so how do I cut you off? Ah! <laughs> but uh, sincerely, uh, uh, Listening audience, uh, you'll hear more from our uh, steam coach here, Doctor. Uh, Pastor William Revely and uh, as we would share with you, you want to check in on our site uh, myfbic.com. Go to the newsroom, and you'll see uh, publications by uh, just very, uh, just loving and kind and compassionate brothers and sisters that will give of themselves uh, to help you and to help the people around you. And so, as we talk about, uh, and as we conclude, we're sharing with you that it just needs to ring from coast to coast. It does take an entire village to raise a child and during this pandemic, let's all focus in on what can we do, not what we can't do. Let's everyone do something register at no cost at myfbci.com. We'd like you to help us join this particular war on the pandemic by providing funding uh, through the utilization of technologies for our faith-based cause-based and charitable-based leaders. And who knows, maybe you might qualify for a director working in the ministry with us. Thank you so much and God bless.